just Dark Knight Rises rant. I that's that's my favorite movie, the trilogy. But man, that is probably that moment where he finds Bane and Bane like, you come back to die with your city, and Batman is literally like, no, I came back to stop you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. you should have just punched him in the face or <laughs> said I'm here to save the city. Like anything but that line. That's like the whole trilogy to me. <laughs> And, and you know he's sitting in prison in that prison for how many weeks fixing his back and everything. He had a lot yeah. of time to think of what he would oh say. You know? you know, you're right. With yeah. each push-up, he's like, I can't wait to tell him that I'm going to come back to stop. Him. Yeah, he's gonna hate it so much. <laughs> this might be my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you can open the podcast with with that. Oh you know. yeah, that that's gonna happen. That's a thing. <laughs> He's like, are you, you know, are you afraid? He's like, no, I'm angry, but I'm really angry because I can't think of a good line. Yeah. To say. So, You'll get an email later. It'll be good. Yeah. I'll send yeah. an email. Text. That, that yeah. conversation when they're in Italy and that a very specific Italian cafe with Alfred. That's all he's talking to. I should have said this instead. He's like, yeah. exactly. He's like, you know what? I should have. Uh, Selena will be like, line. Bruce, shut up. Like you saved okay. Gotham, you I got the pearls. I mean everything fine. He's like, I know, but still, <laughs> I should have said I'm your bane now. Oh, oh, why did I think of that? Yeah, yeah. do over. Isn't that Alfred over there? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't like the Drake? I hate the Drake. I love the Drake. How could you not like the Drake? Who's the Drake? Who's the Drake? The Drake is good. Do you like the Drake? I love the Drake. What about the Drake? Oh, screw the Drake. I love the Drake. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast will take a chronological look at the third Robin, Tim Drake. We will be looking at the classic 90s 2000 Robin series and other notable comics with Tim in that era, while also simultaneously taking a look at Tim in the modern era as Red Robin in the pages of DC Comics, plus other Robin and Batman happenings in the world. So sit back, relax, and find out why everyone loves the Drake. Them. Love the Drake. You've got to love the Drake. I'm impressed. What can I say? I'm irresistible. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Everyone Loves the Drake is a proud member of the to-be-announced, it's going to be announced soon, uh, the official The Batman Universe Podcast Network. More on that soon. Uh, we're also affiliated with Batman on Films, BatmanPodcastNetwork.com. And you can see some other great shows over there. And also for more TBU shows, obviously go check out the BatmanUniverse.net. You can see a whole plethora of shows that TBU has to offer, and they're uh, adding more shows uh, all the time. So the BatmanUniverse.net is kind constantly growing in shows and content. And there's also a Patreon uh, tab over there, too, if you want to help uh, donate to the show. There's some really cool ways you can be part of different parts of content on the show and possibly even 
Everyone Loves a Drake. Uh, you can get a hold of us a few different ways at facebook.com slash everyone loves a Drake. We're on Twitter at ELTD Podcast. You can email into the show at Robin ELTD Podcast at yahoo.com. We're also on YouTube and in the search engine, just type in Robin Everyone Loves a Drake Podcast. Once we can get up to 100 views, on there, uh, on the YouTube page, then uh, the YouTube channel will have an official name. But right now, uh, you just got to look in the search engine. So keep those likes going up over there on the YouTube page. And we're working on getting some special content only on the YouTube page as well. And I know the three of us will record special podcasts over there. So, uh, welcome to episode 53. Now, I know the last episode that... Uh, Terrence and myself included was poking at myself that I always record an intro into the show that wasn't a part of the intro or I think, oh, I could have done that better. Well, this one technically didn't have an intro into the show. As like I said in the previous episode in 52, uh, this turned into one giant long episode and I didn't think it would be good to put out a two and a half, almost three hour episode. So I decided to break it in two. And because I did that, there was no front part uh, of the episode. So that's why you're hearing me doing edit in here and knowing me, I'll just edit into the next episode, <laughs> but uh, this is going to continue. Um, we kind of left on a little bit of cl- cliffhanger into the uh, justice league trailer reaction that the three of us had. So we're finishing up on that. And then we're going to go back to a few more listener email questions and uh, talk some more Tim Drake. So thanks for letting us do uh, these two little episodes here. And then after this one, we will get back in uh, to the comics again. And I can't wait to get into that. But more on that at the end of the episode. So let's go back to Ryan, Terrence, and myself, Rob, as we are uh, viewing and watching the Justice League trailer. So get yourself ready to get queued up here. And this will be the part in the trailer just as Cyborg is flying up into the moon. Ready? Three, two, one, Justice League. He's a cyborg. You should probably move. Barry Allen. Whoever you're looking for, it's not me. You're the Batman. They said the age of heroes would never come again. It has to. What are your superpowers again? I'm rich. All right, I'm going to hit pause right now, 131. Uh, Bruce Wayne tells uh, the Flash that his superpower is being rich. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. And uh, I I like that they're responding to the fact that the other two movies in the series were kind of humorless. And they're trying to show you that they're like that. Uh, Ryan, you didn't really like this? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I didn't like. You know that that that's the funny Again, thing that I've I've heard from a it, few other people. Sorry, go ahead. Well, he, and here's the thing: oh, just like many other things in this trailer, in its own little bubble nutshell. Sure, that's yes. Bruce Wayne would say that. Yes, it makes sense. Yes, it's a funny quippy line. Yes, 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 yes. All the yes, whatever. It's fine, but but. Batman and universe in this scenario, I'm like, he's he's jokey Batman, and I'm like, you no, know, the the BVS the, the Bruce Wayne from BVS would say, 
monster superpower and he would say, I'm the goddamn Batman. That's what he would say. (laughs) That is what that Batman would say. And, you know, so again, just out completely out of context in this trailer, to me, that feels like super disingenuous. Um, But if they set it up right, um, it it, it can in the film. But, but, Again, because of BBS, yada yada yada, it it just doesn't ring. It just doesn't ring true to me. But in and of itself, it's something I could completely see in a new Fifty Two Justice League comic. It's like, uh, what's your superpower? An undying desire to murder the alien that saved our planet. <laughs> what's your weakness? My mom's name, Martha. All right, sorry, yeah. uh, Rob. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. yeah. You know, I I've heard Kevin Smith say, "Be careful what you wish for, because you're going to get it." You know, um, I'm not trying to throw out, you know, that's where I've heard you heard, I've heard Ryan say, you know, if this is if this is the road you're you're going down, then then forge down that road. But if you're a cook in a kitchen and somebody starts going, oh, uh, I think the spoon should be more spicy. OK, I'm going to add more spice. in. It. oh, I think it should have more lemon. In it. I want to add more lemon in it. And then somebody's going to go, there's there's too much lemon in it. I'm like, you asked for lemon. I put lemon in it. And now that I've put lemon in it, now you say it's too much. Like, which which way do people want to have it? I want some humor, but I don't want it to be too much humor. You know, where, you know, I look at the, the Marvel movies, and the Marvel movies kind of play everything safe. Nothing ever really happens to any of the mm-hmm. heroes, and we all... We all wait for Tony to make his you know little snarky comments and people laugh and think it's good and Batman throws out his I'm rich like I laughed and I hear people go Ooh, Batman wouldn't say that I'm like you asked for it why are you mad now that it's here <laughs> not not you specifically Ryan I'm just like in in, in, in general <laughs> yeah Ryan why would you yeah. ask that <laughs> yeah Zack Snyder said. no and yeah <laughs> yeah and that see and that's that's why because like on Twitter like, it is it's so hard. You guys, you know this. It's mm-hmm. so hard to like actually get people to understand why, where you're coming from with this stuff, and mm-hmm. it's just BBS. And it's like, yeah, I want it to be different. And you know, we know they need to change things and course correct and all this stuff, but it's it is really just how does it play in the movie? And and yeah. it, it being a little jokey thing in the trailer, it's what it, it's there for a reason. It's there so people can you know find the humor in it, and it's for the mainstream and this and that, but. I need to me personally I need to see that I need I need to make a good case for itself like when I watch it and that is what it's it's important to me. Mm. So yeah you know in the movie 300 I thought Zack Snyder did a good job of ha- keeping it serious, keeping it violent and and action but there were some funny moments and some funny jokes or, or but they're one-liners they're not like you know set up pie in the face kind of stuff but all right, I'm going to hit play at 131, and uh, Batman delivers his joke, and then we see he's got some kind of vehicle. All right, I'm going to hit pause right here, 138. He's got what, some kind of vehicle. Don't really get to see it, and I'm kind of happy. I, I kind of want to, I want to see this in the theater. He jumps. The cape looks awesome. I don't care if it's CGI. It looks real to me. It looks awesome. And then we see he, he says it's like my turn to play or something, and he starts shooting parademons. Uh, for me, I... I love it. I, that could be the whole movie for me. Um, just lots of Batman action. Um, Ryan, what'd you think of this part? It's it's uh, it's the same. It's the same thing as like the shot before. I'm like, well, that's cool. That's cool. That's interesting. This vehicle, like, I'm pretty sure this is what they're calling the Nightcrawler. Yeah. And again, so. if it's not, 
if it's it, it had better be called Nightcrawler with a K. They didn't have Camel. Can- <laughs> yeah. Yes. It, people keep typing it like with the N, and every time I see somebody say that, I correct them on Twitter. I'm like, no, it's Nightcrawler with a K, like a dark knight. <laughs> Not knight. Yes. A Nightcrawler, <laughs> and it needs to be. And it needs to be one word with the camel C in the middle, so knight crawler with C in the center. And if it's not like that, I will instantly like this movie probably like a, a flimsy B at best yeah. because they need to own it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, but no, it's cool. It's a cool Batman vehicle, and just you know, I wonder how much of the movie takes place in this like silo because like, every screenshot we get is like from this one sequence. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we get another quippy thing from Batman. My turn, <laughs> you know. But, but again, I could even see I could even see Christian Bell's Batman saying that. So it's not anything that I'm like. That's, so that's weird. what it feels like. So that's <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. yeah, even Michael Keaton didn't have one line where he's like women or something with Catwoman. Where yeah, he's sitting there. So well, he also said e- e- floor high fiber. I mean, they all have some stuff. Yeah. Batman right. action. It's cool. So, uh, Rob. Cape, Nightcrawler, you love it as much as I do? Cape, Nightcrawler, there's going to be a toy, K-N-I-G-H-T. Yeah. All right, so uh, we hit play, and you see that the um, the gun shoots some power demons, and Wonder Woman is, like, uh, looking at it. And then uh, I'm going to hit pause at right uh, 147, at oh, 149, um, there was Mira. So there's a lot of quick stuff there. Um, so Wonder Woman action, she's flash running, and then you see Mira just for a second, and she looks really good. Uh, and I wonder, like, 99% of the people who would just watch a trailer have no idea who she is. Maybe if you saw Batman Brave and the Bold, but you you really got to be a comic fan to to know her. And I feel like that that was really kind of put in there as a nod to, like, the comic book fans of, like, yeah, we're – we're we're gonna be true to what you guys want, uh, Rob. What do you think of uh, any of that stuff we just saw, real quick? Oh, that mirror was great. It was a nice little shot of Lois Lane, like, "Hey, Superman's here." We don't know what fashion. Um, yeah. The scene I was talking about with Ida, Ida Man, Aquaman, Ida Man. That's a hero. <laughs> yeah. Aquaman and his trident, where he's uh, you know in the water and uh, puts the uh, tines down. And you see like the force wave go out. That was pretty cool. Um, I'm really. I'm at 149 here looking at Mira. looks like there's two soldiers, and it looks like there's a mother box behind her shooting a beam of light. So I'm really kind of curious about that. that. But if you would have told me back when I'm watching the Michael Keaton movie that one day I'm going to see Mira in a movie, I'd have said, there's no way. Nobody knows who Mira is, but... I would have said, who's that? Yeah, (laughs) one one geek in high school, and I'm that one geek in high school that knew who Mira was. So this is Really, I... I didn't even know her until maybe Brave and the Bold, and then they started using her in the comics. She was a big part of Flashpoint right before the New 52, but, yeah, right. it's awesome. And then, um, oh, Ryan, you, anything on these quick little clips? I know it's hard I, it's out of context, but, yeah. It's out of context, yeah, same same argument. But, again, I, I, story-wise, I wonder what Wonder Woman and Aquaman are up to in this cavern, and – there's this one shot I'm very curious about. Like, do you see this like light source? And yeah. is it like a is it a city? Is it like an underground city or something? Like, I don't really know what's happening. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting. Like, I don't wonder what what that's all about. And it's just it's just visual noise at this point. But I'm I'm curious to see how what this is, what it means for the story, and. I also question how many times in the movie we're gonna see Aquaman like pound the trident in part water because i think this is at least the third shot 
uh, that's just exactly the same of him doing that to water. Mm-hmm. Unless it's just me. Like I, I, I think yeah. we've seen him do this to water a few times. So I'm just, I'm, I'm just again wondering what it's all about. But it's cool. And, and before you came on, uh, I had mentioned that I think Zack Snyder missed his calling. That if he had been born a little earlier, he would have been the greatest. Uh, video director back when MTV showed videos and I see the Aquaman stuff and I'm like this could have been the coolest Metallica video ever in the history <laughs> and it just you know um, but it, it visually it all looks awesome and then if I hit play and hit stop real quick the next scene is Barry Allen with um, his dad in prison and all I can say is I hope they do a really good job and develop the characters and don't just give us like Suicide Squad uh, you know like sometimes like you know 45 seconds of something and expect oh now we all oh, yeah. know like like yeah. really you know we don't yeah. want to own it make it part yeah. of the story i mean yeah. Yeah. yeah if you're gonna do it do it yeah that shot too that's interesting and i some people complain like that's the exact same shot from the tv show with him and his dad and they put their hands up i'm like well there's only so much you can do yeah yeah <laughs> in the same scenario but to me i'm like i saw that shot in the trailer and i'm like oh well that's i, I did not expect to see henry allen in Justice League, in this movie. So, yeah. again, like I was saying earlier about how the world-building-wise, they need to establish all these characters, their status quo is, and what their own individual like mythology is. I'm like, hey, if they're going to try, it's bold, but if they're, but I totally am all for trying to fit in, you know, establishing how these, where these characters are uh, before they become part of the Justice League. I think that's really cool. So, um, if you hit play and then pause real quick and i stopped at 151 we see like a huge battlefield and it's hard to tell whether it's apocalypse or part of the earth that's been turned into apocalypse and then at 151 it looks like there's some amazonian warriors riding up on horses and i wonder who from the wonder woman movie might make an appearance in this but i i feel like this could either be the coolest movie ever or the worst because maybe there's some huge battle between the forces of apocalypse and the Amazonians and the humans and the Atlanteans. And they have this huge giant battle and it could be amazing. Or it could be like the last Hobbit movie, battle of the five armies where there was a whole lot of fighting and uh, you know, yeah. And you don't know who's who and what's what and what are the five armies? And Uh, I know what they all are. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, uh, Rob, what do you think of the possibility of a giant, showdown here i've got to think this has to be earth i could see the justice league being on apocalypse fighting but i'd have a hard time for batman to go all right wonder woman gather all the amazonians aquaman gather all the atlanteans and i'm going to bring the entire bat family we're going to go to apocalypse i think this is probably the earth probably getting partly terraformed or i'm guessing unless this is a flashback uh, I think it is something that happens to Wonder Woman that she's talking about. You know, we drove off Darkseid's forces once before. You know, like Ryan's been saying through a lot of this. It, in the context of the trailer, looks cool. I just hope in the context of the movie, it's mm-hmm. not something I go, "Oh, that was in the trailer." Still don't know what the hell it is. You know, I, I hope it's, I hope there's it's flushed out more. So, um, it it, it could be. Sorry to cut you off, Ryan, but it could be like uh, the very first Lord of the Rings movie where they have that like little intro yeah. and uh, yeah. uh, I think and that's exactly all that. And I love that as much as I didn't like that end scene in the Five Armies. The beginning of Lord of the, I remember like, what? oh my god, they're throwing so much at me right oh, away. This is so amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Ryan, what do you think about that? 
Yeah, we, we've already heard from the producers and, and Snyder people that there is kind of a they've I think they've even said there's there's a Lord of the Rings esque prologue to Justice League. Oh cool. Where they cool. up the story and what's happening and I think I think that's pretty obvious that that's what this is. And I think there's something in the story about how there like you guys said, there there were it's almost like just like Lord of the Rings where there were different mother boxes and they were given to di- the different races like um the Atlanta Atlantis has one Amazons have one and things like that. And I think that they're all on earth. Um, so, and then there, obviously there's been like a big battle to control them and stuff like that. And they're being hidden from dark side or something, something related to the mother boxes with these different races on earth. Um, and I think that this, these shots uh, most likely are from some sort of prologue that sets up uh, the, the conflict and what the justice league is trying to get after uh, in the story. That's what I think. Cool. If you hit play and then hit pause again real quick, uh, you see the Batmobile um, kind of in action. It's still got part of its roof that I think later on gets ripped off. And if you stop it right at 153, there's like a shot of uh, Batman's face and he's got some kind of goggles over his eyes. And I swear he looks just like Night Owl from The Watchmen. So um, but let me hit play at 153 here. And uh, we got the scene that... um, well, we get a lot of quick clip. Uh, let me pause it right here to at the two minute mark. It's Wonder Woman, Cyborg and Aquaman on like some kind of like bridge or it, it doesn't look uh, like something Earth would make. I, I don't know if it's a Lantean. It may even be Kryptonian a little bit. It almost reminds me of Clark's that ship um, that they found. Uh, but um, man, so a lot of just quick action clips. I, I hope it's cool. I think Cyborg looks pretty good here. Um I don't even know what to say. Uh, somebody else take over. I, it's too much. My brain is overloaded. Rob, what, what do you think of those few clips? Uh, I mean, from the shot of Batman in the Batmobile, we get another shot of Cyborg uh, here where he looks surprised, stunned, shocked. Uh, however, uh, the Flash doing uh, some more running there. Um, it, it's like sensory overload. It's like a lot of things as a kid that I just wanted to see forever. All of these heroes occupy and exist the same space at the same time. And uh, just from the trailer aspect, I'm I'm real happy to see all this. I just hope that in my head it lives up to what I dreamed about being, you know, 10, 12 years old, playing with my superpowers toys, probably acting some type of scene like this out. So it's it's hard to tell where things are. It does look Kryptonian like it could be. The Fortress of Solitude, even though it wasn't a real place, it was more of a ship. So um, it's it's hard to tell, mm-hmm. but it's just kind of like you said, sensory overload. But it it looks cool, Ryan. Ryan, yeah, it's just a bunch of out of context stuff. But that last shot where it's Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and Aquaman, it, it does look you know Kryptonian to me, and it feels like there's 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 got to be something in this movie uh, related to how Superman comes back. And my hunch is that this has something to do with it um and just to go back to the amazon prologue type shots we were talking about um i i'm i'm pretty excited about it because because if if snyder can do with this stuff what he did in man of steel in the krypton sequences i think it'll be pretty gold because that krypton sequence in man of steel that's like the, the best thing about man of steel is like you get ju- you jump right into the action and oh, it's like yeah. a fully formed and it's a fully formed world like this is Krypton and it's amazing and it's like 
stuff you've never seen, but you don't have to understand anything because it's all constructed so well. It all makes sense. So if he can, so actually this prologue, when you think about it, it looks like if you took that Krypton prologue and then you smash like 300 and then you <laughs> smash them together, it's kind of like both of those ideas like combined into one thing. Um, so who knows? But but uh, I think it's it, it could be cool and and we'll just find out. Batman shooting parademons, that's another, like, whatever. Like, again, it's context in the film. Like, the the weird thing that I keep asking myself is, like, Batman had a whole arc in uh, BBS about, you know, he was trying to kill Alien, and then he decided, you know, to be a better man and not kill things and not kill aliens specifically. <laughs> but uh, and now that's all he's doing. Um but again, it's it's parademons. It's alien, it's like whatever. Like they just need to address it in the movie and convince me that it's it's fine. And he does it in the context. I know. I just I want to see the context and I want I just because. And here's the thing. I think this is I think this is part of you know the quintessential Batman only fans kind of argument. Like I want to don't want anything to be the window just because it's Justice League. Like. Show me he's and show me it makes sense and convince convince me that it's it's it fits and it works. Um, again, so I just want to see it in, in in the film. But uh, oh, and then there's one shot in there where Aquaman dodges like a giant axe mm-hmm. kind of weapon, and I th- I've heard some speculation that that's like Steppenwolf's. Oh, but, cool. Uh, oh, because doesn't he have a weapon yeah, like that? Yeah, he does. That's right. Uh, yeah, so it's definitely possible. Like he catches up with. In Atlantis and tries to, you know, get the mother box and maybe that's maybe that's one of those things like we kind of you can kind of try to piece together like Aquaman's story like he doesn't really want anything to do with Justice League and he goes back to Atlantis and then it gets attacked and uh, maybe Steppenwolf tries to get the mother box and he's like well crap I need to like embrace my destiny and do be part of this and stuff like it, so it's interesting to see I'm curious to see how it all fits together. Cool. All right, I'm gonna hit play at two. And uh, more of a close-up on Wonder Woman, which I hope we get a lot of that. And it says Justice League, background, the Beatles are playing. And then I'm going to hit pause right at uh, 2.09, where uh, Batman's talking to Commissioner Gordon. And we get a teaser about Robin, possibly, or maybe Batgirl, or both, where he says it's nice mm-hmm. to see him like with others. And uh, Aquaman gives him the little joke about he's dressed like a bat. Um I like this. I know where it's going to go. Rob's going to love it. Ryan's going to hate it. But I, when I saw The Dark Knight, uh, I thought uh, they've done Commissioner Gordon. No one will ever top The Dark Knight Commissioner Gordon by – I'm blanking on his name. What's his name? Who Gary played Commissioner Oldman. Gordon? Gary Oldman, yeah. I was like, that That was the comic book <laughs> that made come to life. Here, I think it's fantastic. Like This, to me, seems like Gary Oldman just add on 20 or 25 years and in a different – parallel universe yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i thought that dynamic was fantastic and uh then uh i i kind of liked it i i i like the the frat boy bro yo dressed like a bat kind of um i dig it i i don't know i for me it works for me i really like it now if, if it's two and a half hours of that that might be a, a bit much but um so <laughs> Let's go with uh, I don't know. Do I go with the guy who loves it or the guy who hates it? I'm like torn. But let's go with the the hate and then uh, Rob, you can bring back the love. <laughs> don't Ryan. Don't put don't put hate in my in my in in my mouth. Okay. Although, I, although I'm not a fan, but <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. So, that is what I'm going to eat. Okay. But 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't tell me what I'm going to absolutely say. Uh, okay, so Gordon's line is interesting. It says a lot to me. I don't know if it means – to me, I don't know if it means um, – and here, it, it, again, it's like another change of philosophy between BBS versus Justice League. He's it's good to see you playing others again. I don't know if that means – well, it's good to see you like with the Robin again, or or does it mean like, well, I'm glad to see you not trying to like kill the other heroes, and it's good <laughs> yeah. to see you working with people. And if that's what he's alluding to, uh, it's it's I wish he would would say something like that, and not, instead of like like I said, like gloss over Batman's actions from the last like, because like I had to rip that bat signal off of the building that you like, you know, Superman smashed you into, you know, while you were trying to kill him. Yeah. It's good to see your, it's good to see that old Batman back again. So yeah. th- that part of it, it feels like, again, it feels disingenuous to me. And it's, it, and it's a nice little world here. That's cool. Batman was grumpy before. Now he's, now he's not so grumpy again. And we've seen that in the comics tons of times, but just like in the context of this, I'm like, well, what is, is Gordon referring to Robin? You know, that was like, you know, or is he really like, you know, you were a little off the rails in the last movie and so you not be so off the rails in this one. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but but to turn all of that stuff into a into a, you know, kind of a jokey thing, I think is the right thing. But again, we we I, I I'm hopeful that it's more balanced in the final film. So lines like this can be OK in moderation with with actually, you know, more expansion on it in the, in the, in the actual film. Hey, Rob, what were your thoughts? No comment. No. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, that's no surprise. I loved it. Um, and I took it as Gordon's uh, – we uh, we know almost 100% that it's Jason Todd that's dead. So I'm assuming at one point Robin died. One day Commissioner Gordon turned on the bat signal and there was no Robin there. And Batman probably was debagged Batman to Gordon like, Robin's not here, that's it. So probably – Gordon got to a point where I'm just we're not going to see Batman with anybody. That now that there is somebody else here, that was probably good for Gordon. Like, wow, you've been Moody D bag for quite a while, so you weren't that guy when you had a partner. So it looks like you have partners. So it, that's probably Gordon. Like, yeah, it's 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 good to see you moving on. Somebody that's dealing with the five stages of grief, you know. Batman's cave, it's probably the five million stages of grief. Yeah, and um, you know, <laughs> to, to interrupt you real quick, that makes Jim Gordon the worst police officer ever, because it's like, where's that child you've been endangering every night has just suddenly and mysteriously disappeared? Oh, okay, <laughs> we'll move on. Yeah. Right. I keep his dead costume in that cave. Remember how angry I am? <laughs> probably still some blood on it. Or no, I'm pulling yeah. a tire. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was cool. Um, I could see this in a Justice League International uh, comic here, a little quip between Ugh. Aquaman and Batman. You know, um, yeah, I, 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 you've, I know we've seen probably fourteen scenes in Marvel movies of something like playing out something like this. One hero standing in front of somebody else, they give you a little quip, and I know we're not to that part in the trailer where, but he turns around and is like, this may be only temporary, you know. I'm only having to work with others because I can't do this by myself. <laughs> so yeah, um, and, I will say this though: you, you, I love this bat suit. This bat suit revision, oh, yeah. I think, is is mm-hmm. spot on, and I love. I even I, I've said this before on BOF. Like I, I feel some slight like Batman returns from it in terms of having a more traditional like 
you know, suit in the first movie and the second one, it's a little bit more streamlined and he's these little subtle armor on the outside. Mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. And then the cowl to me looks more like he has a, a neck than like a giant, like, you know, muscle thing on his head. And it looks, it looks more like Batman to me. I, I kind of dig it. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. dig it. Yeah, I like that too. You know, the suit that Batman was probably wearing in BVS was probably the suit that he wore after Jason was killed, and that's just what he wore constantly. It was just worn and beaten and dirty. So I'm wondering after this, it was he's got a new lease on life, a new look on life, and updated the suit, has moved on. So um, I just have to say, you mentioned about uh, uh, Gordon here, Norm Brayfogle. That looks like the Norm Brave. Absolutely. Commissioner yeah. Gordon. Yeah. Like a giant mustache. The, the yeah. big mustache. Yeah. Yeah. That had me grinning from ear to ear. And it's sad to know this is the only scene. So, like, we got to see the Robin costume in the BBS trailer. Confirmed? This is the only scene with Gordon? This is the only scene with Gordon. There is no. Oh. So, this is the Thanks. rooftop. I mean, uh, Simmons has said he only filmed one scene. It was a rooftop scene. So, granted, we're not huh. seeing the whole scene, but there's not. There's nothing else beyond this. So. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. And I, I agree with what Ryan said about the suit. Looks great. It's like when when Bruce is not planning the murder of Superman, he's designing costumes. I love Basically, it. All right. right. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to play at 209, and uh, this is where we get the, the Aquaman one-liner and the Batman one-liner. Um, and then I'm going to hit pause right here at 216 before Aquaman jumps. We see uh, Batman, the, like the roof of the Batmobile is ripped off. Aquaman's on the the car and oh man this has probably been the most controversial or scene not really controversial but like most like um i don't even know what the word debated contentious yeah like people who who don't like it like this is like the worst part for them it does look very video gamey um where aquaman will jump off and go after the parademons uh i it it is kind of you know the cgi and some of it is a little uh, I don't know. You, you, you could just tell me, and not that that's bad, but sometimes that just takes you out of the moment. It's kind of weird. I feel like when Aquaman jumps, I'm looking at the Batmobile. You feel like it should shake a little or move or the suspension or something. Uh, but it's the kind of thing I think it's a lot like, I think this scene is like BVS. Like if you love BVS, you'll love this and yeah. you'll give any of those little things. If you don't like BVS, you'll hate this and you'll nitpick to death all the little things that reasons why. And so I think, you know, this is this personally, I, I kind of liked it a bit. You know, I, I, I don't like BVS more for the stuff of like Batman murdering and just, the, I don't know, the whole story of Batman wanting to kill Superman and all that. This little stuff like this and the CJ, I kind of like this. I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm not going to see this movie because I think it's like the most amazing piece of literature ever made. And I wanted to like redefine my perspective on humanity. I just want like a freaking should though. Yeah. You know, so yeah. So, uh, all right. I'm not joking. (laughs) Now that's what, uh, Batman and Robin was for. I realized life, life is pointless. And yeah, the other way around. Yeah. Right. Um, I was emo for years after that movie. Uh, so anyway, Ryan, the Aquaman on the Batmobile scene, frat boy at spring break, killing parademons. What'd you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, parts parts I like and parts I don't. I the <laughs> I got a, I got on Rick's YouTube 
he, this is the scene where he pointed out and he's like, well, it looks like a video game trailer. And, and I told him, I was like, dude, I, I am a video game special effects artist. Don't lump the games into this. Games are awesome. And we, we work really hard. So don't, don't make, don't, don't like, don't bring the games down. Cause the games are great. <laughs> Especially like, yeah. Games. Those are fantastic. And, and and let me interrupt you real quick. I'm glad yeah. you say that because I've heard a knock on a lot of stuff of like, oh, it looks video game. Oh, it looks video game. Is it like that's like a step below or terrible? And I've seen scenes in video games that rival and surpass almost any movie scene that I've seen. I mean, it's and, just some amazing. Some of yeah. Them, you know? yeah. yeah. And that's actually and that was actually and I, I told Rick that, too. And that's my point. I'm like. There are some scenes in Arkham Knight that look better than this. So, <laughs> so it, it's all, it's, so yeah, but, but I do get how that, that, it's an easy way to get across, like, it, it, it looks too, it looks too CG, it looks too fake and whatever, but, uh, in terms of quality, but, uh, but, but just me <laughs> as a person in the game industry, I'm like, oh, but the games were pretty damn good, but, but this is, you know, so that part doesn't bother me. Is it's again like if you like BS, you're gonna be okay with it, and if you didn't, like you, it's it's harder to keep an open mind. I just see again, it comes down to the story. I want to see how how does Grumpy BVS Batman get to the point where he's letting Aquaman surf on top of the car and giving him a halfway Batflex smirk and be like, oh yeah, buddy, jump off of here to kill some period demons. Like, how did they get there? And Make it make sense to me, you know, um, Aquaman's behavior, like, you know, being cool and all that, like, that's cool because it's, and I'm interested in, in seeing like the Aquaman Batman relationship form as you do kind of see, like, they will have to do some stuff in the story to get here because the first time we see, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne and Arthur interact, like they're at each other's throats. And so something happens between that scene and this, where they're like best pals and like, Sure, let's do this cool thing together. Um, but you know, and it again, like super aesthetic thing. Like, and my wife even pointed this out. She's like, you know, that whole scene was was cool, but how far Aquaman jumps up, it just looked super weird. And like, it's a little, it's a little bit too much of a stretch to get, um, you know, to sell that. But then again, like, it's it's a nitpick and like whatever. I I just need to see the movie to see it all in context. Yeah, I I obviously <laughs> liked it. Um, again, like you've, you've been saying, Ryan, it's 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 out of context. It's it's like going through a flip book really fast and seeing all the, the yeah. images. Like, yeah, it's it's making a picture, but I don't understand the story that this that it's making. But uh, I, right. I, I think you know what I oh sorry, I was just gonna say it's almost like um, if if I'm a if if I'm just like flipping through, like if my main thing is like, I just like Batman comics and I want to see if this month's justice league is any good flip through like a justice league comic. Like I see a cool panel with Batman. Okay. I'm with that. I see a cool panel with like a couple of the others are like, Oh, that, that's cool. But then there's panels where, or pages I'd be like, well, that's weird. Or I don't like that. Or how does that work? It's me, <laughs> you know? So, so in that terms, like I can get in that headspace of, you know, Seeing it, seeing it out of context, you know, is is a big part of it for me, and and I'm sure it's a big part of it for other people that are a little bit skeptical, especially coming off of BBS. But uh, I'm, you know, open mind. Yeah, waiting to see actually. And yeah. I think with 
uh, I forget which one he was saying. Like, how did we get here with uh, Aquaman riding on the Batmobile? Yeah. If yeah, yeah. If Robin hadn't died, Jason Todd, or if this was Tim Drake, let's bring it back to Tim Drake. I could see this being Tim riding the, the Batmobile and Batman giving. Um, I'm assuming okay. this is probably the first smile that he's given. There, there is somebody beside him in the quasi passenger seat that probably happened a hundred of times, you know, like this. That mm. maybe it's starting to feel familiar again mm. to Batman. So I'm, I'm reaching to bring out him there. back to the being with Robin. You know, that was a and that, you know to bring it all back to Batman and Robin and this is one loves the Drake. That's a very good point. Like. Are the are the Justice League you know members able to bring out you know the lighter side of Batman to keep him pulled out of the darkness? And I think that's kind of a really cool idea, and that's something that they could definitely use in Justice League to kind of address you know the fallout of BBS for sure. Yeah, so I'm I, I'm hopeful that something like that happens. Um, and just what Terrence said about Brave and the Bold, you know, that was outrageous. I don't want it too cartoony, but seeing a moment like this, I, I'd be lying if I said it, you're watching this sequence play out in the theater that I pro- I will probably have a smile on my face of like, man, that was cool. You know, there's a little Val Kilmer smirk right there, you know, a, a little bit. It's, it's actually I, and to me, just now thinking about this, this Aquaman scene, it's it's almost like, you know, the truck flip in the dark night. And that was you just saw the coolest thing ever, and then Batman does this like thing, the bat part where he like drives up, flips it around, and comes back down. Yeah. But in but in that, but the way that they do it in the Dark Knight is like it comes out of nowhere. You don't expect it. You are uh, you watch all of this like really gritty and grounded stuff the whole time that it comes out of nowhere. But it but the context of it led up t- to seeing it, and then when you do see it, it's amazing. Um, so, you know, like everything has kind of built up to that and once it happens, it's awesome. So I, if they can kind of do that, I'm not super like confident that that will happen, but if that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for, the connective tissue in in Justice League that, that kind of sells those moments and they do happen. All right, Terrence, you want to bring us home with the trailer? Yeah. And that's it. Then it just comes up, says it's coming in November. But I, a quick question: Who who's doing the music for that? Like I hear that it's a uh, the Beatles song. Junkie XL is doing the score. Junkie okay. XL, so and was, I forget okay. who they said because people were saying, "Oh, here's the Godsmack version." Yes, Godsmack did record uh, come together, but it's not that. I would have to search Twitter, but they did mention I, I, who. I think Junkie XL worked on the version that's in this trailer yeah, too. Yeah, I, I believe I saw that. Another artist, like an artist, recorded it, and then he Junkie XL put his flavor on on top of it um uh, sounds cool i like it yeah maybe for annette once we're done recording i'll do an insert of like hey rob did homework and it's blah 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 it's, it's on sure. twitter somewhere <laughs> it's third base they're back <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> okay here's an edit in as i said i was going to half the time sometimes i try and go through and find all the mistakes that we made and occasionally I forget one or two but uh, the uh, version that we hear in the Justice League trailer is by Junkie XL and by Modern Guitar Hero is what the article says Gary Clark Jr. so people have been saying it could be Godsmack it's the it's actually the Beatles 
Yes, the Beatles originally did uh, record and release the song. Uh, Michael Jackson has done a version of it. But this particular version is done by Gary Clark Jr. and Junkie XL himself. So I got to imagine it's going to be on the soundtrack somewhere. I would have to think so since it was done specifically for this. But sometimes it's done just for the trailer. So let's get back into the show. Dear friend, I like to start my notes to you as if we're already in the middle of a conversation. I pretend that we're the oldest and dearest friends as opposed to what we actually are. People who don't know each other's names. And met in a chat room where we both claimed we'd never been before. All right, so Rob had posted on Facebook if um, that we were recording this episode and that if you had any um, questions or comments for us. And we've gotten two, so woohoo, that's better than one. Haha, <laughs> take we've that one. We've got three because uh, we got one on Twitter as well. Oh, we did? Oh, yeah. cool. So our first Facebook one was by our good buddy Jack Neil Lee, and he asked, guys, what is your favorite Drake moment in comics and favorite moment of Bruce and Tim? So I'll go first since I've read it and had a little time to think about it. That'll give you guys a moment to think about it. I got to say my favorite Drake moment is one that we talked about earlier, and that is the first time he put on the new Robin costume. And he said, you meet the new Robin. I just I love that art. I love that moment. I remember reading it as a kid and blowing me away. Um, Favorite Bruce and Tim moment. I'm not sure what issue it's in. Rob, you might know because you've just recently purchased the entire run of the the Red Robin Mm -hmm. uh, comics. But there's one issue where Bruce and we were talking about this earlier, the the road home. Bruce comes back um, after being lost in the time stream from Darkseid's Omega Beams. And Tim had never given up. And they like meet on a rooftop and they take their masks off and they give each other like a hug. Yeah. And it's like such a cool moment. Like they could have. I don't know. I, I just thought that was such a cool moment of their relationship and and everything. Um, so, Rob, I'll throw it to you. What is your favorite Drake moment and favorite Bruce and Tim moment? Oh, favorite Drake moment in comics. Ditto, ditto for both of those. You okay, took both yeah. of mine. <laughs> um, I want to say that is Red Robin 21, mm-hmm. I think. Um, close one, Robbie. It's actually Red Robin 17. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. Because the first time, like, Tim was the only one that believed Bruce was still alive. He found the, uh, right. cave, the cave writings. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Dick and Damien were both like, he's gone, give up. So for Tim to go through all that and give Wonder Woman uh, the Batman costume and to say, you know, tell Bruce that Gotham needs him, and then to him to finally get that moment and... Uh, I've seen people turn it into like Father's Day cards, you know, Happy Father's Day where Bruce is holding oh, yeah. uh, Tim. I that that's my favorite Tim Drake moment. Um, and Bruce and Tim on both ends. Tim getting the Robin costume uh, for the first time, meet the new Robin, and then that father and son moment of like you never gave up on me, you're your own man type of thing. So yeah, both of those um, are, are my favorite moment here. And uh, Ryan, do you have a favorite Drake moment in comics and a favorite Bruce and Tim moment? Who, uh, who, who was who was the person that asked this question? Uh, Jack. Uh, Jack, Jack, Jack Neil Lee. Okay, Th- thank you, Jack, for the question. Um, I also hate you, Jack, because it, it's it's really it's a, it's a really hard thing to like uh, just spring it on somebody like this because it's hard it's hard to come up with uh, good stuff off the top of our heads. But uh, I try. So I'm not sure which exact issue it is, but I believe it was all, both of mine. I believe are in the Red Robin series. Should tell you how darn good that series is. But uh, 
I think in one of the Red Robin issues, or or maybe even in uh, one year later, sometime in that arc where Bruce formally adopts Tim. Yes. Mm, good. There's yeah. some moment in there about Bruce formally adopts Tim and he says that he's really his son or something like that. And, and I don't know if this is this. I don't know if this is the same moment you guys were talking about. I think it's slightly different, but but that moment really stands out to me as a good uh, Bruce and Tim That's moment. That's in the one year later Detective okay. Batman crossover. Okay, that makes sense because that must have came right after like uh, Identity Crisis. Yep. Uh, where yep. spoilers, Jack Drake bites the dust, and you know uh, Tim needs to be adopted, and yeah, that makes sense. Um, and as a favorite Drake moment. Uh, there is uh, an arc in the Red Robin series with, um, I believe it might be in the second arc with uh, Rachel Ghoul, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of really good stuff in it. But the cool, cool moment, and I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil this if you haven't read it because you should have read it by now, and hopefully this will make you want to read it. <laughs> but at the very end of this arc, uh, Rache calls, um, he refers to Tim Drake as detective. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, which is yeah. something which yeah, which is something that we all know that he only for Batman. He calls Batman detective, and then at the end of this story, he call he he tells that to Tim, and not only is that like uh, it's a huge compliment coming from you know Rachel Ghoul, but it also speaks a lot to the 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 notion that Tim. If out of all the Robins that follow in Batman's footsteps, Tim is the one that uh, for the most part carries on that legacy of being like. Uh, as good as or possibly better one day uh, detective than Batman. So yeah. I thought that was a really good culmination of one of the best parts of Tim Drake. Cool. All right. Uh, the next question is uh, from Isaiah Stevens, and he says, do you guys think Tim will have a role in whatever Jeff Johns is writing this year? I'm really hoping that's the case. And, oh, man, I, I, I don't know – but I do think there's big plans for Tim this summer, and whether it's in the Jeff Johns thing or whether it's in the Scott Snyder, uh, who else is he? His writer, uh, Lee. Capullo, yeah, Lee thing, or or, or James Tinian. I I don't know where it's going to be. Maybe it'll be in all of it. But I I do think there's there's big plans for Tim. I don't think he's just in Doctor Oz's or Mister Oz or whatever that is. Uh, cage just to put him somewhere i think i think that's going to be a big part of stuff what do you think ryan yeah it's hard to tell where the trajectory of of the, those stories are going to wind up i mean it would definitely be cool to see john's right tim again because he he did a lot of stuff when in his uh team titans arc and he had a pretty good under of the very good understanding of the character and taps into his voice quite well so that would be cool i'm I almost don't care who who does it, but I'm I'm intrigued and interested to see, you know, where Tim, how Tim comes back and how he factors into this whole this whole story in in Rebirth. And uh, Rob, yeah, I I really like to think that Tim's going to play a huge part in it. It sounds like from the beginning of Rebirth that DC editorial was wanting Tim to not be around for a while uh, but putting him in the uh, you know Oz containment cell with Doomsday and the New 52 Superman which that whole thing turned out fantastic for Superman fans um, I think that there's going to be bigger plans for for Tim down the line I, I can't see you 
the new fifty new fifty two excuse me uh, the rebirth is all about legacy and the legacy characters and bringing history back to DC. I mean, this podcast for crying out loud talking about you know. 183 issues then of a character that's lasted 27, 28 years. Now that's that's history in and of itself. And probably the most well-known Robin in the, the modern era. So I, I've got to say that um, we haven't seen the last of Tim. I I firmly believe we're, there's going to be more uh, Tim to probably come in these stories, even if it's just little blurbs here or there. I think we're going to get something. Uh, pretty cool coming down the line cool and you, and you said you had a twitter question for us yes i have a twitter question uh it's kind of along the lines of what we just asked but there is a little bit it says uh levi here do you guys think the reason for tim being taken away is going to be a good thing or did they do it just for ratings who knows the reason why dc editorial said i don't think it's for it maybe it could have been for ratings like here's a character that people really liked and they took him away from us right as this new universe is taking off. So, I mean, here the three of us are talking about where's Tim, what's going on, people are are chiming mm-hmm. in. I don't think it's more for ratings as it is for how much do we really care about this character. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, make your, make your noise heard, make your voice be heard about how much you like the Tim Drake character, and I think we'll get him back in a, a big way, so... Um, do you guys have any other little um, replies to that? Yeah, you know, I think they, I, I, I if I had to guess, I, I don't know this, but I, I would think James Tinian had plans for for Drake in his series that didn't involve him being captured and taken out mm-hmm. because he didn't set up the series and he didn't set everything up as if that was the case. And then for him to die, quote unquote, die in an issue. And then the next issue be the monster men series. And then they dealt with his death. Mm seemed jerky. You would think that if it was a big setup, it would have, they would have wanted to capitalize on the death of Tim Drake and have like the memorial issue or whatever. And then there was a whole link of, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, well, it was like the whole leak at comic con of like, Oh, we're going to kill a Robin and all this stuff. Like it just seemed weird. And so I got I got the feeling that they had ideas for whatever big event because Jeff John said it was going to be like this five year thing and bringing the Watchmen and all that. I felt like he had ideas for things and then said, all right, well, we've got this kind of role who would be good in this role. Oh, let's use Tim Drake for it. And um, well, what's Drake doing? All right, let's pull him out of that one. That that's to me how I feel it is. So I don't think it was just like a ratings thing. I think that Jeff Johns and the powers that be at, at D.C., saw a role, think Tim Drake can fill it. They're not quite mm-hmm. ready to do that story yet. They're not quite ready to do that event, but that it's it'll be cool and fitting and not just a, a ratings grab, I guess. So, sorry, Ryan, what were you going to say? That, that, the same stuff. I, I believe, going off what you said, Terrence, I believe that, like you said, they did, John's and the higher-ups at DC did have, do and did have plans to do something with Tim Drake to fill in this role in the specific story that they're doing to take him quote off the table as we've heard and read in the comics. And I think that once Tinian knew that, I, I believe, I think it was him that pushed, uh, being able to use, uh, Tim in detective comics in the way that he did. So he could at least kind of reintroduce him somewhat and kind of give him an outlet to be taken off the table in a, in an interesting way. 
Um, so I think that's I think it all kind of organically kind of happened that way. And in terms of the whole like marketing and stuff like that, I'm I'm actually really glad that they didn't like over publicize it like. Oh, in this issue, you got to check what happens to Tim Drake. He's done. It's a big deal because I, I really like that they like put it straight on the table. Like in the issue, he dies. They're also like, yeah, but he's not dead. He's just off the table. And it's we all know this is comic books, guys. And so we and so they kind of embrace that. And that's kind of like one of the best examples of rebirth as an initiative overall. So I'm glad that they all put it on the table. and It's just part of the story. Um, and again, now that Tim has been taken off the table. He's suddenly kind of become this very important linchpin of the larger DCU um, in terms of what's going to happen later on down the line. So I think it's all good stuff. And, and one of the things is kind of interesting is, you know, certain writers and artists like to use certain characters and they get very attached to those characters and they'll they'll bring them back. And I've noticed through the years, Dan Jurgens is one of those guys and like his Booster oh, yeah. Gold and stuff he brought back. <laughs> and Jurgens was writing tim drake as batman beyond for a while isn't that correct yes correct and then tim drake just appeared in jurgen's superman only for a panel but you know in that you know uh containment area and saying someone got out someone got out so i i i I feel like yeah i feel like there's there's big stuff coming and i and i don't feel it's a ratings grab i feel like some some people who care about the character like james tinian and dan jurgen's and jeff johns uh, and who've written the character a lot uh, are are going to watch out. Are, they're going to be good caretakers of Tim Drake's character. And I think if we're patient and can go without him for a little bit, we're going to be rewarded big time. Um, yeah, I agree. To, uh, yeah. Because we're at the point now where, you know, like even a few years ago, like the Dio tried to get rid of, you know, Dick Grayson even. He's like, oh, what is this one? And I'm just like, Dan, come on, Ant. Come on, Dan. <laughs> yeah. We all loved him. We all love him. And then they turned him into an agent and stuff, and everybody's like, what, what is this? And I think now with Rebirth, I think we're for some reason finally starting to see, like, you know, there's like five Robins. Embrace it. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. They all work. We all we can do them all. And they all add something different. Even, even um, Jason Todd, who I'm not a big fan of, the, like him just being alive and back and stuff. But But it's like... You know, if you're gonna have more than one Robin, you might as well just have them all and just mm-hmm. just do it because everybody that's grown up with one of these Robins, it's it's their Robin, and for yeah. us for us Tim Drake is our Robin, and we want to see him represented, and it's good to see people like, and it's good to see different writers uh, being able to embrace the, each of those characters. You know, we've got the Nightwing book, we've got the Super Sons book, and for people that like Damien and. And, uh, you know, for a little bit there, we saw Tinian really embrace, you know, Tim Drake. And Tinian said on multiple occasions that – th- it hasn't he said that, like, Tim Drake is his favorite character in yeah. the entire DC, yeah. DC right. universe? So having somebody like that on the fan side I think is incredibly good. Um, and, you know, comics are great, and they can absolutely support multiple Robins. And I think we, we've reached the point to where it can just – it can work, and everybody can, can have their cake and eat it too. Cake and pie. Drake and cake. <laughs> yeah. This is George Perez at Cincinnati Comic Expo, and everybody likes to drink, especially the cakes. All right. Thank you, Mr. George Perez. I think that's a good spot to end the episode on because 
that is where we actually ended the episode. Uh, this was kind of a splice together uh, out of sequence a little bit. These two uh, at the end of uh, that last uh, comment there, uh, Terrence had to go. So I had to kind of splice uh, the interview discussions around <laughs> to make it seem like Ryan was there when we were talking about the Chuck Dixon. Uh, you get it. So this is the end of what was supposed to be our short <laughs> little 30 to 40 minute uh, discussion. And then I was going to do my zero episode that was on the YouTube page, uh, which we will get to. I think I'm going to put that in when we get to the Robin zero issue as kind of a little extra uh, special bonus. And I'll explain more of that once we get there. And that's right around the corner. So from here, uh, thanks for being uh, uh, indulging us on these uh, two episodes here as we kind of talk about the Justice League trailer and Chuck Dixon and get to some uh, viewer questions and emails. So keep them coming in. And this is going to be a regular part of the show that will answer uh, Twitter questions, Facebook, and emails. So you can send them in and also go over to the iTunes page. And if you would, give us a rating over there. Five stars would be cool, or four, three, or two, or one. And we'll read those comments. And that just helps get the word out about the podcast out there and kind of moves everyone loves a Drake up a little bit in the download section and just kind of gives a little more prominence and awareness that, hey, there is a Robin podcast out there. And right now we're the only one. And maybe there'll be another Robin podcast somewhere. <coughs> Damian Wayne, maybe at some point uh, down the road. But uh, thanks for tuning in to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. And we're finally, finally going to be finishing Nightfall. I feel like it's taken us a while to go through Nightfall. I'm hoping to bring in a guest or two. Um, one, uh, a new person hasn't been on the show yet, and then a returning uh, podcaster to the show. I kind of hope we can get uh, him back, because I know he's a fan of Nightfall as well. So that'll be in the next episode, and then we're going to go into one of Terrence's favorite stories, and mine too, but I know he really likes Prodigal. And beyond Prodigal, I think a thing that uh, the three of us are looking forward to is getting into an era of Tim Drake stories that really haven't been covered on any other podcasts anywhere. Usually other Batman podcasts will talk about, obviously, Nightfall and the start of Robin and even Prodigal a little bit. But beyond that, and, you know, sometimes no man's land, but really getting into the body of the Robin ongoing series. I don't think you're going to hear any other podcast talk about issue, you know, 66 of Robin. Uh, this is uh, going to be a time frame uh, for me that I was just really enjoying the Robin series where I really kind of felt like these were almost a hundred percent Tim Drake stories that yeah, Batman would pop in and out, but this was a total world building that Chuck Dixon did. Cause like I said, for a while, the Tim Drake series just kind of goes back and forth between Batman and detective and Nightwing and all these other books. And it's right after prodigal moving forward, other than a few event books that the series really becomes a hundred percent Robin on his own doing his thing. And that was just something that was really fun as a Robin fan that I can say it's Robin on his own and it works 110%. So thanks for tuning in to this episode of Robin. Everyone loves the Drake. Uh, we love and appreciate your guys' support and letting us do uh, a few little things like this from time to time as we are all Batman fans. So it's fun when an event like this pops up that we can talk about, but uh, moving forward, we're going to get back into the comic series, uh, finishing up nightfall 
and then moving ahead into the main body of the Robin series. Take care, and we will see you guys in a few weeks. Thanks for listening to Robin. Everyone loves the Drake comic podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Tim Drake, Robin, and all related Batman characters are under copyright of DC Comics. This podcast is solely for your entertainment purposes. There is no money exchanging hands at any time for any reason. I can't even find a quarter underneath my keyboard. So no infringement is intended by this show. This also applies to all music and sound clips as well. So there should be no need for you to send Lex Luthor's lawyers after us. That would be greatly appreciated. Thanks. You can now get a hold of the show in a few different ways now. The most recent is on Twitter. We are at ELTD Podcast. You can also now get a hold of us via email. It only took me two years to get one. So if you want to email in, you can do so at Robin, E-L-T-D Podcast at Yahoo.com. Our Facebook page can be found at www.facebook.com slash everyone loves the Drake. And we are also on YouTube. In the search engine in YouTube, just type in Robin, Everyone Loves the Drake, and it'll take you to our YouTube page. And as always, you can message directly over at the Batman Universe website. So email, tweet, message us. We'd love to hear from you, and we will read your comments on the air. The show that you're listening to can be found a few different ways through iTunes, Windows Media, and over at our host site, The Batman Universe. Leave us a review on iTunes if you listen there. It will help spread the word of the show. Make sure you head over to thebatmanuniverse.net, your home for all things Batman and Robin. Thanks for listening to the show and hearing why everyone loves the Drake. We will see you in a few weeks. Take care.